Hey, before we get started, we just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Church Sound Made Simple. Mixing sound seems complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Cut the overwhelm by getting access to the stress-free, no-fluff training that will help you create great sound at church. Visit churchsoundmadesimple.com. Well, welcome to the Collaborate Worship Podcast, where we help you create great sound at church. I'm your host, Dylan Young, and today I'm joined with Mark Delaney, who is a purpose and family expert. Now, Mark actually did my wife and I's marriage counseling, and it has served us well so far. But since the rest of you don't know Mark, Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your family? Well, my son is the one who calls me a purpose and family expert, um, you know, I'm, there's three things in life that just light me up and everything else is extracurricular or, uh, uh it's just, it's trash, but it hasn't been labeled trash yet, <laughs> but purpose, freedom, and love. Those are the three things that, um, I am passionately pursuing every day. And I'm the guy that if I go to the gym later today and I go in the sauna and I see a guy without earbuds, I assume he wants me to talk about one of those three things with him. And I'm going to try to find a way of doing that. <laughs> those are the three non-negotiables. So I spent a lot of time in life uh, with a coaching program called the Purpose Mastermind, helping people know their purpose clearly and in the process be set free from anything that holds them back from pursuing it with all their heart. So that's a little bit on me. I'm, I'm married to uh, Dina for I think 28 years. And uh, we have three adult kids that are uh, off into the world doing their thing and, and doing well. And one of them's married, one's engaged and proud of them and love relationship with them. And so we're empty nesters. And uh, on our 25th anniversary, we stood off of the beach and we looked out at the sunset and we just pledged that with the rest of our life, we're going to see how many people we can help live a bold life that makes a big difference in the world. And uh, so that's what we're doing every day with our life. We're excited about it. That's awesome. I love that. I want to know how did you get started um, with this, this drive to help people discover purpose? Uh, honestly, I, I think it uh, is something that came out of our life. It wasn't pre-planned. I think it's interesting in our society, it feels like everyone's supposed to know where they're going. I don't think anyone really knows where they're going. <laughs> I think that uh, I th I'll give you this, Dylan. What I believe is the seven-step process to personal growth and development. There will never be a better process for growth and development when I'm about to tell you. You ready for this? It's seven steps. Step one, pick up your right foot. Step two, move it forward about 10 inches. Step three, put it down. You know where I'm going. What's step four? Pick up your <laughs> left foot. Step five, move it forward 10 inches. Step six, put it down. And what's step seven? Repeat. That is how we walk with God and live on earth. And I'm telling you, so I fully adopted as best of my ability the Joshua plan of growth and development, which is only be strong and courageous. And I feel like in our society, I help a lot of people to take steps forward in life. And the threat is that we complicate it all. And we feel like I need to read. There's always the next book. Well, if I read that book, well, if I know my personality profile, 
if I know my this, if I figure this out and, and life can get very complex and basically prevent us from doing the only thing we need to do, which is just take the next step. When you take the next step, you now have a perspective for taking the next step. So I never planned out in my life, hey, I'm going to put together this coaching program called the Purpose Mastermind. I simply kept taking steps in life. This is something that came out of it. And I can't help but to help people um, do it themselves. I heard someone say this recently. That the ways that the ways that we contribute to the lives of other people is by the things that we faced ourselves. It's not even the things we want to do for people. It's when we personally faced things. The mountain I climb is the mountain I can help you climb. But if I've never climbed a mountain, I ought not ever tell anyone how to climb one. <laughs> but the stuff that we face in our life, the stuff that we overcome personally we gain an anointing to help someone else in the same area. So that's a big question, a great question. There's a lot more I could say about that. Um, But from our own personal life, we personally in our life have experienced great love in our home between each other, with our kids. Personally, uh, in the last three years, I have learned what freedom in Christ is like never before in my life. And personally in my life, I have gone down some dark roads and found some nuggets of light when it comes to purpose. And so those three things, purpose, freedom, and love, the things we've lived out in our life, um, God's now using us to help other people in those three areas of their life. That's awesome. Already dropping some wisdom bombs too. We're not even into the topic. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so before we get into, we're going to talk about practical spirituality and how that leads to powerful spirituality. Before we get into that, I want you to share a story of failure that you've experienced in life and what you learned from it, because we all go through failure and you know, it just reminds yeah. us how much we need God. So go ahead and share one with us. You know, I got funny ones. I got sad ones. Um, uh, they're all meaningful. The funny when I was on a missions trip, in Papua New Guinea, and I attempted to learn some of their language. And so if I was going to speak to a crowd, I endeavored to learn something in their language to say to them. And so the simple phrase that I had learned or thought I had learned was, you are my brothers and sisters. And I learned it in their language, which was called pigeon. And so I stood in front of this crowd of maybe a couple hundred people And I said, I thought I said, you're my brothers and sisters. I found out later, I said, you are my brothers and a female body part. And uh, people can use their imagination. It's it's about what you would think I would have said accidentally in that moment. But that's a, but yeah, I won't forget that one. Um, Yeah, failure. Wow. You know, it's a great question. Uh, frankly, I used to be a man that was afraid of failure. I was afraid of experiencing it. I was afraid of causing it. And I was certainly afraid of talking about it. And now I'm not afraid of any of it. You can't live without failure. Um, that's why God's a redeemer. And so I'm never, I, I would, we could tell, I could tell you many stories of failure. 
and uh, failure is a great opportunity to experience the power of God if we're willing to face it. So that's a great question. I love it. No doubt. It's a good way to put it. All right, let's get into the topic. So you said that you wanted to talk about practical spirituality and how it leads to a powerful spirituality. So let's get into that. Yeah, I love it. Um, I think we all want to experience the power of God. I just think we get confused on how it happens. Uh, we, we, what we tend to want is something supernatural to happen in our life that gives us the courage to do something practical in our life. But I think it's actually opposite. It's doing something in the practical that opens up the, uh, the opportunity to experience something in the supernatural. Um, for instance, um, I think of the story of Naaman in the Old Testament, who was a great general, uh, great man, well-respected, but he also had leprosy. And he found out there was a prophet uh, in Israel that could heal him. And so he loaded up his wagon with goods and he went to go to the prophet's house. And and he, he went and, and, and the prophet, I'm pretty sure it was Elisha, did not even come out and talk to him, which was kind of offensive. Look, I'm this great man. I came here like, and he what he expected and wanted was this prophet to come out and like wave your hand over my leprosy and say a special prayer and I'll be healed and I'm going to give you these goods I brought in my wagon. I'm going to go home healed. But what happened is the prophet just sent a servant with a message. Tell him to go dip in the Jordan River seven times. And this was frustrating to him. Like, no. The prophet needs to come say a special prayer and wave his hand over my leprosy. And he finally just simply did what the, what the prophet said to do. It doesn't make sense. Why is dipping in a Jordan River going to do something for me? It's just this nasty water. God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts higher than our thoughts. And it's so interesting, we confuse spirituality when we try to experience the supernatural without doing something simple in the natural that exposes us to the supernatural power of God. And when I think of in terms of worship, there are people that are very, very bold about facing Jesus in the corporate worship life, which is very important. We should all boldly come before God in the sanctuaries and, and worship Jesus. We're very bold about that. But what's very hard to do is to boldly give an entrance for Jesus in our personal life. For instance, I just talked to a young man a few minutes ago about he and his wife talking about their sex their sex life now there is there is that is maybe the most darkest place in in a uh, in a marriage that may be the single darkest place a couple could face what we tend to do is have a hard time applying grace in Jesus to the most personal places of our life 
And but we, then we come to the sanctuary and we're bold about Jesus in that place, but we fail to learn to be bold about applying the gospel into the dark places of our life. And I'm telling you, when people are willing to apply the gospel to the dark places of their life, they can walk in supernatural power. But we tend to reverse it. I want to go to church and experience something supernatural without doing something in the natural, like having a conversation with my spouse about, hey, I feel like we're in a bad place with intimacy. I don't know what to do about that. But I want us to have a powerful connection together. See, that's usually the thing we're not willing to do. You have any thoughts on that? I'm just kind of talking talking for a while. Anything you want to tap into further? No, I really like that, though. That's good. That's a, It's a really um, simple thing that we like to overcomplicate, I think. Especially as leaders. We do. We do. We think that what we do corporately in front of people is more important than what we do privately with our own spouse or our kids or our neighbors. And it's simply not. It's not just important. The anointing to lead people for a married man or a married woman, the anointing to lead people comes from walking through dark places in your personal life with your spouse. I, I tell you, if, if a, I'm, I'm talking to you, you're a man. If a man wants to be a safe, strong, anointed leader, his first priority, his greatest priority is learning how to apply the love of God in his relationship with his wife and then with his kids. That is the mm-hmm. foundation for him to be a strong, stable leader that stands the test of time. When I'm more passionate about what I am publicly than what I am privately, I'm in trouble as a man. I'm in big trouble as a man. The man who gets his private life right first will have an easy time being the man he should be publicly because who he is publicly will just be out of the overflow of who he is personally. But if I'm not personally who I should be, then every time I I stand in front of a crowd of people, I'm having to kind of fake my way through it. it it's a struggle. How do I be this? I don't, I don't know. When a man faces his private life boldly, he can lead people publicly boldly that's what i would say is there interesting thing jesus said jesus said you go to bring your your offering you go to bring it to the altar and on the way you recall that you have a problem with your brother jesus said first go and make things right with your brother then give your gift at the altar There's a perfect example of this practical spirituality. What we tend to do in Christian circles is we want to come to church and experience God, which is obviously a good thing and a right thing. 
And we want to pray and ask God to do something supernatural to change a relationship. But then we, what we don't want to do is the practical part of what I need to do to engage in that relationship, maybe offering forgiveness, maybe apologizing, maybe sending them a note to say something to them that you need to say. But I'll, the, the point I guess I want to make from all of this is we long for the supernatural, but our human instinct is we want to avoid the natural. But maybe all we need to do to experience the supernatural is do the simple natural steps. Mm, that's good. That reminds me of something that the Holy Spirit seems to always be working on the inside of me as a worship leader. And I'm constantly thinking about a Sunday morning worship service and how people are coming there and they're struggling with things. And, you know, they want to experience God and they want to experience his freedom, his healing, you know, whatever it is that they're needing. And they want to, they want to worship him like they've already seen it. And as a leader, I think it's really important for us to make it clear that we're also going through things so that it's easier for people to engage in the worship that we're helping to lead. Because if they, if they see me up there, and I'm sure this happens a lot, they see me as um, someone that's got it figured out and I don't have a lot of problems that I'm working through. And so it's probably really easy for Dylan to worship God because his life's probably a lot more perfect than mine, but I don't really know how to do that. But if they can relate to me in a, in a way that like, oh, wow, he's going through something too, and he's still able to, to give God glory and to just praise him through the struggles and to, to see that there's victory on the other side. I think that's a really powerful thing as a worship leader. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, would, I would definitely agree with you on that. It's, it's not a, you know, in, in Christian circles, it can feel wrong to have struggle, particularly in circles where we talk about the blessings of God and that, you know, it almost like if, if you're following God, then you should be blessed in every way. And if you're not blessed in every way, then either you're failing God or God's failing you. And that's a pretty dark reality to think. The reality is Jesus says you will have trouble in this world. And uh, so struggle doesn't nullify the blessing of God. And to struggle doesn't mean that we're missing it or that we're not you know, why is God blessing that person, not blessing me? Um, to struggle is is human, and God is with us in the struggle. I, I couldn't agree with you more that as leaders, uh, we don't stand before people and, and project that, you know, my life's great because nothing's ever gone wrong, and nothing ever will, and so I'm going to keep standing on this stage. Um, that's that's the, the, the far from the truth, for sure. Yeah, I think we just need to be become comfortable with sharing failures and be transparent with the things that God's working on the inside of us so that it's an encouragement to other people that are going through something as well. Yeah, we talk, I talk on a regular basis about vulnerability. It is a consistent topic that we talk about because it may be the hardest thing to do as a human is to ever be vulnerable. Like something went wrong with my life. And now I need to make sure the rest of my life, nothing ever goes wrong. Well, that's not living. Or I messed up with my life and now I need to spend the rest of my life making sure it looks like I'm perfect. Well, that's not living either. Vulnerability is the power to live boldly 
while we have weakness opposed which is opposed to, uh, which is the other way of living is as soon as i fix my life i'm going to live boldly well who's who can do that at what point are we fixed and so vulnerability is the ability to yes i have weakness and i face it boldly but i also face my life live my life boldly while i face weakness boldly that's what great leaders do Great leaders are not people that have come to this place of ultimate arrival. They are people that boldly live while they honestly and boldly also face their weakness. And I think demonstrating that to people through stories, I think, is really important because that's what the people in the third row need to do. That's what the person in the back row needs to do. I would say this to every worship leader. Every person sitting in chairs, they come into church, and many of them have to fight the battle of, am I even worthy to be in this building? Am I even worthy to be in this building? I Did I live well enough to be here? And so as a leader, when we are able to be vulnerable, we're showing people how to be strong, which is that in spite of human weakness, we can be strong in who we are in Christ. I'd like to know, what is your your most practical step for, uh, let's say, a worship leader that maybe they've got a problem in their marriage or maybe they're struggling with an addiction and they just don't know how to deal with that, how to take that first step, to take the next step, to take the next step? What's your most practical step for them to like take that first step to dealing with the natural? Uh, very simple. Take it out of hiding. Take it out of hiding. I would say to anyone listening to this podcast, and they're a worship leader or leader of any sort, before you get on the stage again, talk to a trusted source and just tell them what you're struggling with. You don't need to fix it. You do not need to fix it. You must face it. You must face it. I would just challenge anyone, if you're leading worship on Sunday, you better have a conversation this coming Saturday with someone. And just a trusted source, you're going to find when you have that conversation, it's going to go much better than you think. I I want you to imagine, you know, a, a, a weed in the backyard. And let's say you're really ashamed of it. You know, I'm having company. I, I don't want them to see the weed. And, you know, in our human pride, our problems can seem so big. And I oftentimes wonder if God looks at our problems and he's thinking, yeah, you got a weed. I I wonder that. That's not theology. That's just me thinking. And we, we just work so hard to hide stuff. And here's the reality. When we hide our problem, we also hide our gift. And if we want to, if we want to lead people in this sacred, these sacred moments of worship, the reality is if I'm hiding my problem, I'm also hiding my gift. And what I offer people on the stage on Sunday is a rather veiled experience. I think they're getting me. They're really just getting the hidden me. And so concerning the the vulnerability 
I, I want to say this. You don't have to tell the whole world what you're struggling with. Not by any means. You don't need to, you don't need to get up in front of the church and admit, and I've been struggling with this. No, just one trusted source. Probably someone that's not even at your church. It's just better for them that way. But one trusted source and just say, I've been struggling with this. Because oftentimes what happens is when you take something out of hiding, the light can shine on it. And when light shines on something, um, you see it differently. And so that's the simple step I would say for anybody. You, You got something in your life that is threatening you. Take it out of hiding right now. Right now, meaning right now. Pick up the phone. Text someone. Say, I want to have a conversation with you. And all you have to do is simply say, man, I've been struggling with something. I, I've i been struggling with, and all you can do is finish that sentence. The rest will be easy. I'm telling you, the rest will be easy. So that's what I would encourage somebody with. Because here's the deception. I need to secretly fix my life before I can boldly live my life. The reality is what strong people do is in a public way, they face their problem, not fix their problem, just face their problem. Facing the problem in in the light of truth, meaning you got to get it out of hiding. Facing the problem is the first step to overcoming the problem. But keeping it secret is the perfect place to grow the problem. Perfect place. No doubt. That's awesome. And it reminds me of, uh, you would tell us in marriage counseling, you share this story a lot, but you would tell people, you know, the it, fixing your problems in marriage is really as easy as bringing it into the light and finding somebody to talk to about it. And you said you'd have couples and you'd get so excited when they would just walk through your door. Cause you knew that they took the hardest step right then yeah. coming to see you. Yes. The rest, the rest is easy. The rest is easy. I, I talked to a man, um, six weeks ago, he came to my house and he just admitted to me a, a problem with lust and how, Deeply, he was struggling with lust. And I asked him a question and found out that actually there's been a thing in their marriage between him and his wife. And honestly, I said, brother, you're not even struggling with lust. I said, there is the thing in your marriage that is threatening the intimacy and the power of your relationship with your wife. Like the two of you, your intimacy is being stolen and you're believing the lie that you just have a lust problem. And the reality is in the behind the scenes of your life, you and your wife are not sharing intimacy sexually. That's a problem. This is, this is going to steal from you and your wife. And it was amazing. So we then talked about that. You know, you know, imagine, imagine if someone, uh, imagine if a husband, there was someone breaking into the house to steal something from his family and he's in the garage 
And he's saying, man, I have a less problem. No, you don't have a less problem. You got someone breaking into your house to steal something from your family. Get out of the garage, get in the house and face the problem of the intruder. And when so when he changed his way of thinking, and instead I talked to him about how to lovingly invite his wife into conversation about their intimacy, very quickly they went from having no sex life to having a healthy sex life very, very quickly. So I'm, I'm telling you, when, when you tell people to just take something out of hiding, I think people's first thought is, man, you're just telling me that's the right thing to do. It's like a Christian chore. Christians are willing to admit when they're, when they're doing something bad. And it feels like a Christian chore. I'm telling you, that's not why I say that to people to take it out of hiding. We take it out of hiding so that we can find freedom, so that we can experience the power of God. And I'm telling you, when a human being is willing to bring their weakness before the throne of God, what do we find but grace and redemption and power to overcome? But we oftentimes want to hide it and just bring the good part of us to God. The scripture says, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. So it's our weakness we need to bring before the throne of God as well. God, here I am. I'm a mess, you know, but I'm coming boldly anyway. That's awesome. I love that. Man, I think that's a, a good place to leave that. That's a lot of good stuff to to really help us experience the spiritual. We got to work on the natural and bring things out into the light. Is there any final thoughts that you wanted to share before we wrap it up? I do not. I just, I would say to anybody that, that I, I, I really do believe that purpose, freedom, and love are the three non-negotiables in life. And I believe that God's design for us allow us a, a pathway to experience all three of those things, purpose, freedom, and love. And if there's anyone listening that, for some reason you've decided that you've missed out on that and you're done. I just want to tell you, that's a lie. Every person has purpose and they can know it and they can be set free to pursue it. And every person's got love. The world needs uh, to experience And every person. I don't care how long you've been stuck in a problem. Freedom is for you. Well, where, where can we uh, find your resources at? Where can we follow you? You can simply go to markdelaney.me. Um, I'm on Facebook under Mark Delaney. Um, soon we'll have a website called purposemastermind.com. That's in the works. But for right now, it's markdelaney.me. Awesome. I'd encourage everyone that is uh, interested in hearing more about what we talked about today to go and check out Mark's stuff. And I don't think you'll regret it. But I'd like to close in some prayer. If you would do that with me, I can start out and then I'll pass it over to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Lord, we just thank you for this time together to just talk about you and your truths. And God, I just I ask that you would help us to to bring our struggles into the light. God, that you would just remind each and every one of us that it's in our weaknesses that you're strong and uh Man, we just need you, Lord, and we're just so thankful for your your power operating in our lives. God, we do not want to do this in our own ability. 
And I'm just so thankful that that you're here. You gave me the Holy Spirit that's living on the inside of me. He's speaking to me. He's guiding me. And you've done that for each one of us. And that's just such an incredible and powerful thing. God, I just uh, pray for everybody listening to this episode that you would just reveal that area in their life that they need to bring into the light so they can get it dealt with in the natural and they can experience uh, just a more powerful supernatural and they would be able to to lead in your power. And God, we just thank you so much. We love you. Lord, your word, the command of Joshua was to only be strong and courageous. And I pray for every listener that today they would pick up their right foot and move it forward and be strong and courageous, taking their next step with you. I thank you, Lord, that you are the author and finisher of our faith. We can trust you with the results, but I ask you, Lord, to give us wisdom for the next steps that we need to take in our life. And I thank you that as we take steps, you've gone before us and prepared the way. And so as we take steps in the natural, it is to walk into the supernatural faithfulness and power that you bring to us. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as always, thanks for being with us. We need your help to get this podcast out to everyone who needs it. So please leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you're using. And don't forget to subscribe so we can let you know when the next episode comes out. And if you have a story to share, let me know by shooting me an email at dylan at collaborateworship.com. And then go implement what you've learned in this podcast. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you.